0: So it's so important to be that first person to have the courage to say, the emperor's wearing no clothes. This is baloney. We're not going for it. We're not, we're not going to put up with this. Because the thing is, it's not just about you. This is one of my biggest things in the world. It's not just about you.
1: Back to the Loopcast, Catholic Votes' weekly rundown of faith, culture, and politics from a Catholic perspective. This week, we have me, Erica, and Josh, and we are still talking Dodgers. We're still talking baseball. The reason being, we now have a lot of the responses to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence honoring at Dodgers Stadium. It's really forced a lot of people to have their feet to the fire, and there was kind of a long period of time where we were, we were kind of wondering, what is the response going to be? Are people going to respond? And What's the blowback going to be? And I think it's worth recognizing here that the first person to speak up was Arch- Archbishop Cordelion. And other people have, but he was the first mover. And Josh, I know you were really impressed by that response. So let's start there. Why were you so impressed by what he had
0: to say? Well, I just, I think it gets to the point of courage because the, the first person to stand up and say, this is wrong, is the person that gets attacked. And they threw everything in the kitchen sink at Archbishop Corleone. And he, he just, he re, you know, it's funny. He's very soft-spoken. He's very gentle in his demeanor. But, you know, his name means heart of a lion. He really does have this courage, right? And so it's really just kind of neat. And and on the same fold, okay, so once he does that, right, he goes out and says, this is wrong, and we should be able to call it for what it is. This is blasphemy. This is mean. This is attacking uh, women, religious that we know have served the church, we got to stand up against this. So he comes out the first one, and then the archdiocese of Los Angeles comes out, and then Bishop Barron, who used to be the bishop, auxiliary bishop in Los Angeles, comes out. Then, then you start rattling him off, like the archdiocese of Orange. Then you have you know um, other bishops Strickland, of course, and Strickland was like going rah rah rah, getting other people to to get excited about it, and you actually see see the same thing carry through when it came to the response within baseball. See, I think some of these baseball players were kind of hoping maybe the Dodgers would realize this is dumb and they're not going to do it. So they waited a little bit, you know what I mean? And uh, but then finally, Trevor Williams is like, dude, this is, un- this is not okay. He's a pitcher with the Washington uh, Nationals, very strong Catholic, and he just totally put out this brave statement, And he says, I'm not in favor of this. This is blasphemy against our Lord. This is attacking 4 million Catholics in Los Angeles alone. He's basically telling the Dodgers, this is a bad business decision. Why are you even doing this? You know? So Trevor was the first. And I think we all need to pray for him because what's going to happen is everyone's going to attack him. But then as soon as he did it, what happened? Then a pitcher from the Dodgers, the very own team, he stands up and says, Yeah, this is terrible. So it's so important to be that first person to have the courage to say, the emperor's wearing no clothes. This is baloney. We're not going for it. We're not, we're not going to put up with this. Because the thing is, it's not just about you. This is one of my biggest things in the world. It's not just about you. You need to stand up and be courageous for everyone else who wants to say that but doesn't have the power to do it. It's a lot easier for someone second, third, and fourth to go, yeah, yeah, I'm with, I'm with Trevor. Yeah, yeah, I'm with Bis- the bishop of San Francisco. I'm with that. I think he's making a lot of sense. And it's, you know, it's easy to kind of say, well, why aren't these other people courageous? You know something? It's not easy because you're going to get a whole social media mob yelling at you. And a lot of people have jobs where they could lose it. They lose their jobs because they say something common sense, like this is totally disgusting and gross. And why are we saying that this is just okay? So I applaud Trevor Williams, uh, if I said his name right, the guy from the Nationals, and I applaud Archbishop Corleone to, as the first people to stand up and say, this is unacceptable.
1: Yeah. And we're actually, we're in contact with, we're trying to get in contact with Trevor right now to get him on. Oh, I'd love talk to. Talk and, yeah, awesome. and hear about that. So if anyone knows Trevor out there, we talk Text to Lucas, Lucas us. at <laughs> well, You can email the, us. We'd love to talk
0: to him. He's got the hat. You know, the Washington Nationals is a big W and he's, he earned his W. It <laughs> was a great win. Yeah
1: all the Dodgers fans that are boycotting, you can go root for the, the Nationals. But, um, yeah, I, and I think it's worth um, going into what the statements were specifically because one of the things that actually really frustrated me uh, this week was that uh, Clayton Kershaw was the first person to talk about it, the first baseball player to talk about it. He was interviewed by the L.A. Times. And he gave—some um, people cherry-picked a quote from it, like, it's not okay to mock other people's religions, and they are trying to, like— Which is really- good that he mm-hmm. said that. Which- mm-hmm. Fair, good that he said that, but it was cherry picked from a, a larger article that I just thought was a really weak, uh, weak response. He's like, this isn't against anyone per se. Like he refused to say who in particular, he refused to say why it was offensive. And it's not just All that Tom, to though.
0: Say, it's that he 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 went to the Dodgers and say, let's bring back this Faith and Family Night with, with you know, and then and, and so you're basically providing cover for the Dodgers to say, well, see, we got we this do thing both. over here, this right. this. This Christian thing Fair and, and so in, the, in the pride thing, it's, look, it's not about, you've had pride night for 15 years. No one's, no one's really up in arms about that anymore. I'm not a fan of it, okay, but no one's up in arms about it. What they're up in arms about is blasphemy. You can have your pride night without having blasphemy. So don't let them, Clayton, you're, you're letting the Dodgers say, hey, look at the shiny ball over here to distract people from what, what's going on here. So I agree with you. I think it was horrible that, that he did that. I thought it was a totally horrible response and a, and a counter witness to the gospel.
1: Right. Yeah, it, well, that's okay. That's the point, I think, is, is so many people feel like they're beat over the head by other people's versions of Christianity where the highest ideals and the highest virtues are uh, not offending anyone, being nice, uh, not calling people out by name, not judging people. Anytime you, you uh, say something's wrong, you're accused of being judgmental, and that's not for you. You're not supposed to be judgmental. Um, and yeah, it's, so I this think...
0: idea, it's this idea of religion being completely and only personal inside of you, right. that there's no corporal aspect to, to, to your religion. Right. And and that, I, I just find that revolting.
2: The mark of a good Christian is someone who never confronts, right? So you never actually confront evil. And I was talking about this with a friend last night, and the The idea that oh, you're a bad Christian if you're objecting to this. We're hearing this from the Catholic, the liberal, left, whatever you want to label it. But even our in, within our own church, we're hearing from people, oh, you know, it's very complicated. And if you make the Sisters of Perpetual <laughs> Indulgence feel bad, you're a bad Christian complicated and you just, you just, it's not complicated this well, is, that's, that's, like, they that's should, what they said yeah he literally yeah. said it's complicated it as American magazine right yeah
0: the, right yep. right well it's like what, what's complicated about it it's only complicated if you serve two masters mm-hmm. like yeah. if you worship you know the lgbt rainbow cult and try to pretend you're also christian then it's complicated, that's complicated because because you know you're going to be forced other. to make a choice
1: right yeah and like i i just think it's the same with politicians. It's the same with church uh, officials as well, clergy, that refuse to call out evil when you see it right in front of your face. And I just think it turns so many people off to not hear people condemn obvious sin, obvious problem. It's it, Politicians do it because they don't want to offend people, lose votes. Clergymen do it because they probably don't want to lose out on people that leave their parish or, or lose money or whatever. But the thing is, is like what inspires people, what brings people Uh, inspiration is when people address evil head on. And I think that's what Blake Trinan did uh, with his statement. I think that's what Trevor Williams did. I I just wanted to read a little bit of it uh, because I think it was really, really moving. this is what I wish Clayton Kershaw would have said. And I think this is actually a Christian, the true Christian response. Um, So he said, this is Blake Trinan. Uh, I'm disappointed to see the sisters of perpetual indulgence being honored as heroes at Dodger stadium. Many of their performances are blasphemous and their work only displays hate and mockery of Catholics and the Christian faith. I understand that playing baseball is a privilege, not a right. My conviction in Jesus Christ will always come first. Since I have been with the Dodgers, they have been at the forefront of supporting a wide variety of groups. However, inviting the Sisters of Professional Indulgence to perform disenfranchises a large community and promotes hate of Christians and people of faith. This single event alienates the fans and supporters of the Dodgers, Major League Baseball, and professional sports. People like baseball for its entertainment value and competition. The fans do not want propaganda or politics forced on them. The debate with Bud Light or the debacle with Bud Light and Target should be a warning to companies and professional sports to stay true to their brand and leave the propaganda and politics off the field. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. I believe the word of God is true. And in Galatians 6, 7, it says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. This group openly mocks Jesus Christ, the cornerstone of my faith. And I want to make it clear that I do not agree nor support the decision of the Dodgers to honor, quote unquote, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Signed, Blake Trinan. Erica. Gosh. So, I
2: mean, just that statement of faith in the last paragraph I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And that's the line, right? That's what it's all about. And That's the antidote to what we saw last week as we were going through all of this footage and the the horrible things the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence have done. I mean, they have mocked the cross. They have mocked Our Lady. And then to have the pitcher for the Dodgers come out and say, you know, I want to play baseball. Because all these guys who are professional baseball players, they just love the game. They're probably just like, oh my gosh, can we just play baseball? Like, we got to this level. We worked so hard. And now we're being asked to step out in this culture war stuff but he's just stepping out there and saying jesus christ comes first there is no game on earth there's no job on earth and it seems like we were talking about this too last night josh um we were were talking about how we we never know when it's when that choice is going to come into our lives right when are we going to be asked to make the statement of faith that blake trinan just did i believe jesus christ died on the cross god will not be mocked and it'll seem like a little thing like for some of us like Blake he's the big name in LA big name in baseball and it came this week when he said i have to make a choice and i'm going to choose Jesus Christ for some of us it's when our employer tells us you got to put your pronouns on your name tag or you have to you know compelled speech about x y and z or you have to attend this train so it it seems like these little things like is it a really a big deal for Blake to just go play the game ignore what's going on around you and he's like yeah it is because Jesus Christ comes first. And this is a clear case. Like there's no gray area here. This group mocks our Lord. And he said, this is my moment. I'm going to take it. So major shout out to Blake Trinan there. And may we all have that same courage when the moment comes to each of us.
1: Absolutely. It kind of reminds me too of like all the martyrs of history had that moment. This is kind of like a a very smaller version of that martyrdom. It might be a martyrdom of your public perception. Or of potential earnings, but we've had Christians in the past literally on their knees, gun to their head, saying this exact same thing and paying the ultimate price. And it's it's a it's a quick trip to heaven, right? So Catholic vote has kind of been put on a lot of people's radars that maybe didn't really know about it before. I've I've already had a few people who maybe vaguely I knew, vaguely knew that I worked for Catholic Vote who have come up to me and have been like, oh, you guys are going after the Dodgers. Like, thank you. And I guess I've been thinking about. There's times where I, I, I wish that Catholic vote didn't need to exist, of course, right? Because I, I wish that blasphemers wouldn't be getting honored on a national stage or the DOJ isn't coming after people of pro-life convictions. Um, but this just feels like one of those moments, and it is, it's like such a blessing to work with Catholic vote and be, be a part of a community of people that are right, rightfully upset about this and now feel like something is being done about it on their behalf. And so there's been a kind of a cool unifying, I guess, of like people, Catholic, non-Catholic, Christian, just seeing something that's wrong and seeing someone kind of take lead on this has really been inspiring yeah. and, and hopefully inspired some of these responses. I wanted you know?
2: to ask Josh, too. We got an email this week, I know, from a, a donor who said, you know, you're running this million dollar campaign to run ads against the Dodgers. And wouldn't it be better to take that money and go register, you know, a bunch of Catholic voters somewhere. Like, wouldn't that be more practical and more what you do? And Josh, I wanted to kind of get your take on that. So, you know, why this battle? What's the significance of going after something like the Dodgers here?
0: Well, ultimately, I mean, when people talk about that, I always say, you know, as a political organization, we're obviously trying to register more people to vote, make sure Catholics are informed about, where the candidates stand on all the different issues, that is, of course, important. But like to me, that's important not in and of itself. It's only so that you can hopefully change policy and, and, and get better laws passed and, and that that will have a better effect on the country that we live in. This is exactly a debate about what does it mean to be a member of our society and our culture? Are we going to just stand on the sidelines and let a massive corporation and entertainment industry make fun of Catholics, make fun of our Lord and Our Lady, and just disparage it in the most insane, mocking way ever. This whole group was started like in 1979 as a, a, a poke in the eye to Catholics to make fun of us and, and to disparage women who have given their careers in service to the Lord. So to me, this, this is not a distraction from the, the, the point of trying to register more voters. Like This is what we're about. We're about standing up for the faith. Like This is exactly what it is. This, is. this is what we do. This is why we're here. Like We are here to call attention to this and say, no, we're drawing the line here and no further. You cannot do this. We're not going to allow this to become a new thing where every corporation lines up and says, Were for the SPI as well because they're they do charitable work. I mean, give me a break. We would never allow that argument for like the Klan. Like, oh well, you know the Klan. They also run a soup kitchen, so we're just going to ignore the fact they do this other stuff. Like, what on the what the what in the world are you talking about? Like, just because there's some charitable work here, and and what is the charity work anyway? This is what, what some of these reporters are finding out. They're raising money. To give it to kids to, to mutilate their genitals so that they can switch genders. Switch genders. So like most of their charity work isn't charity anyway. So give me a break. We, if we're not standing up and we're not calling attention to this horrible thing, then yeah, you, might, you know what? Then it's like office space. What is it that you do here?
1: Exactly, yeah. Completely agree. And you made a great point. I was talking to a donor actually over the weekend whose daughter is making her final vows. I think she's becoming... She's, she's becoming a nun. I can't remember what order, um, but she told, she looked me in the eye and said, you don't understand how angry this makes me because my daughter is giving her life uh, to this order. And for someone to disparage and mock uh, this sacrifice of your life to take on this vocation is just un- unconscionable to me. This makes me m- more upset than you could ever know. And it really brings me so much hope and joy that someone would really come to their defense. And, and a lot of the bishops did as well. Or like C- Cordialone specifically is like, the, the, they always talk about these Sisters of in perpetual, perpetual Indulgence. Oh, they did all this work for AIDS. Do you know who was serving people with AIDS before the Sisters The Catholic perpetual? nuns. Actual nuns. Actual nuns.
0: Well, and actually so, that whole thing, that's what, that's what the one writer with America Magazine who wrote that he had complicated feelings on it. He's a guy, Michael O'Loughlin, he's, he's written for The Advocate, which is a gay magazine before. And, you know, so, <laughs> hello. And his whole point <laughs> with this is that in the battle in the 1980s, the bishops were just not doing anything, and they were afraid, well, because homosexuality is bad and all this stuff, and da-da-da. So they're totally misrepresenting the story. I mean, the fact is, there were a lot of uh, Catholics were saying, hey, you know, you should not have sex with other men, especially if this AIDS is going around through the 80s. Like. Stop having sex with other men, like you're, you know, and they're like, well, we can't do that. It's Just like COVID, like we can't shut down the bathhouses, we can't shut down the, the strip clubs, we can't shut down the casinos. The vices, we need to be able to have a- pure access to all these vices, you know. And it's like, so they they would disparage the bishops because the bishops wouldn't say, oh, well, you know, yes to whatever you want, you know. the The answer is that men should have sex with men wearing condoms, not that they should not have sex. And it's like, um, hello, you should. So that's why he has got complicated feelings about this. The you know the 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 bishops were right about this in the 1980s. Like stop! Like you're not you're you're killing yourselves. But they're like, how dare you? You're against us. I mean, yeah,
1: it's it's shaky grounds, and they uh, they pay themselves most of the overhead. Are uh, so it's it's totally shaky grounds. But I think the the broader point is like we've been able to step up to defend uh, people that are Just giving their lives to Christ and are they don't have the platform per se to defend themselves in public, and we've just been able to be kind of the, the well. The and the thing about this guess for me for those people
0: is that okay, so let's grant something here that for most people who are gay or lesbian, if you know, if for the better part of several decades, let's say 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, as they're growing up, as they're teenagers, whatever, where they did they receive taunts, bullying, all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. No question. Absolutely. No question. I, I, absolutely. Was that right? No, of course not. Now, that being said, that because that was the history of so many of them, they're able to say, we're the victim and we're the victim always. And it's like, hold on a second. You were mistreated when you were a teenager. I gave you that. And that was sinful. And the people who did that should go to confession and they should apologize to you as much as possible. But the fact is, you're not the victim right now. Like every single corporation in the world is modifying their logos this month with the rainbow stuff. And it's, and and all these teams are freaking out and they're totally scared. Target and Bud Light and the Dodgers, they're not trying to apologize to Christians. No. Right. They're like, they're freaking (laughs) out that the, that the rainbow mafia is going to come after them. So they're like, that's why they're calling this whole thing. Like with Bud Light, a no win scenario, because. All the, all the, market, all the yeah. market guys are like, well, there's no way Bud Light's going to say, we, we, went, you know, we went too far and you guys are trying to push us off a cliff. So there's no moment. So Bill Clinton had this sister soldier moment where he finally said to some of the more hardcore black activists, I can't go for it. You, you did a line too far. I can't do it. Right, there's never going to be that for the Rainbow Mafia. There's no point where someone's going to go. You know what? <laughs> We're with the corporate logo, Rainbow logos. We're with giving you gobs millions of dollars. But when you start attacking Catholic nuns, we got to draw the line in the sand. The there's corporations no aren't doing it. it. They, they're just like, well, we can't say that. We can't draw a line there. And now the Christians are upset, and they're not going to our place. So is Target and Bud Light just going to, you know, collapse and just go under? I mean, I, I, it's like. It's a no one scenario it for is. them. especially Target. They, they need Captain Kirk to come on with the Kobayashi Marooner. Yeah,
2: Target over the weekend, <laughs> this was an interesting story. They actually were receiving threats of violence, bomb threats, threats that they were going to ta- attack. They were receiving them from the Rainbow Mob because some of these Target stores in the South had taken their Pride merchandise and moved it to the back of the store. And as a result of that, and this was in the Daily Signal, the reporters uncovered at least in two stores, they received threats of violence and bombs. Uh, because
1: they had caved into the Christians. So, again, like. the th- Yeah, not not from those not from those conservative parents that were concerned about them grooming their kids. It was from the rainbow it was mob. from yeah. the, the rainbow mob that there was threatening violence.
0: And see, the rainbow mob has the the, the full death star of the culture and the, me- you know, entertainment media yeah. and the like the, the planet
2: vaporizing con- death star. Is totally they do. up their <laughs> sleeve. They have the
0: entire culture and, and all the media on their side. So they're not used to like this idea that they would get any correction. Any, hey, you know what? We're with you uh like ninety nine percent of the time, but dude, it was too much. They, there's no So there. Josh, you're
2: basically Han Solo is what you're saying. Like you're Han Solo. <laughs> oh, we're back. And I'm an Ewok we're back. and I don't know what pogo is. So uh,
0: I, <laughs> I was trying to move us into Star Trek, but oh, you're oh, going back to the Star Wars. Well,
2: I just
1: yeah. Nerds. Nerds all around. So we have a pick-me-up. June's here. And like Josh was saying, it's been overwhelmed with rainbows and not the good kind. So so we have an article here uh, written by Catholic Voes called Five Efforts to Reclaim June. And we're going to have it in the show notes, but we thought it was a good opportunity as the the rainbows are kind of flying everywhere in June. How do we kind of refocus this time and and reconnect it to a more liturgical calendar, a more uplifting time, especially when there's a lot of degeneracy and uh, despair, kind of, it feels like, around. Uh, Josh, do you, would you like to, I mean, you have a yellow shirt on. You're not usually a yellow guy.
0: Yeah, Erica had that great interview, obviously, with Robbie George. He had an idea for Fidelity Month, so watch that interview. That was pretty good. Uh, but it's just right. You just feel like you're drowning in, like, this sea of rainbow stuff. And so that article's got five different ways you can try to reclaim the month Actually, uh shout out to Matt Frad. I got a I got a I got a t-shirt here.
2: Oh, check it. Reclaim the month. <laughs> Reclaim with the, sacred
0: the month. Heart. Bam. It's beautiful. So, that's what we need to you know, and and actually it's perfect because what we want to do, you know, the the Rainbow Crew, their whole idea is love is love and and, and you need to always and everywhere accept any person's affirmation of whatever they think their identity or love is. And that's not going to lead to true happiness. If we really believe in true happiness, understanding who we are as men and as women, the heart of Jesus is, is, Mm -hmm. is really what we need to do. It's the sacrificial love. Amen. It's, you know, and it's like, if we had a month dedicated to, to male and female lust that was, that was disordered, we would also have to stand up and say, this is horrible. You know, like, hey, let's have a whole month dedicated. Yeah, let's have a whole month, let's have December be, you know, Playboy month. Like, no, that's not, no, what, no, no, stop. That would be stupid. That would be wrong. It's, you it's know? a
1: positive,
0: uh, positive vision. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and I love the way, I love Matt Fred's, um, the reclaim idea, because it really points out that the month of June has for hundreds of years been dedicated for Catholics to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We have the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary in the same month, and the Most Chaste Heart of Joseph is at the end of June. So it really is the month of the heart of our faith, and the idea was saying it's reclaim the month. It's like, no, no, this was ours first. This is the. It's not ours. It's Christ. This is Christ's month first. And you, the Rainbow Mafia, like you're a blip on the historical screen. uh, screen. I can't even talk. You're a blip on the historical timeline. You're, you're, you're the the most recent manifestation of Satan's attempt to rule the world, and you're not going to win. We're reclaiming the month. I really love that. Um. There's another there's another piece out to another thing families can do this month is do an enthronement of the sacred heart of Jesus in their homes. And I'll put this in the show notes as well. There's actually a website you can go to. Um, it has all of the uh, it has all the resources and the prayers to enthrone the sacred heart of Jesus in your home. And I have to pitch this book uh, that I'm reading right now is sent to me by Sophia Press. Uh, it's just out. It's the Family Guide to Spiritual Warfare by Katherine um, Beckman. And it's it's amazing for this month of June, because we have to recognize Pride Month, quote unquote, it really is a moment of spiritual warfare. There really is something going on here. And we have to arm ourselves. And how do we arm ourselves? By reconsecrating our families to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, uh, with the rosary, with daily rosary, with some form of family sacrifice. Maybe your family you know, gives up sweet tea or gives up uh, you know, sugar drinks or dessert or something for the month that you can draw the children into to participate in this. So another great resource I'll put in the and, show notes.
0: And just to think about that sacred heart, to love our fellow man, to love the people who are trying to persecute us, mm-hmm. love the people who are unfortunately wrapped up in this ideology of the rainbow cult. Like it's just you gotta snap out of it. You gotta pray for them. They're victims too. Yeah. Jesus does not want them, you know, falling, falling off the cliff this way. So we want to try to have mercy, compassion, just like, like the heart of Jesus had for us, uh, you know, there, but for the grace of God, go I. So mm-hmm. we all need to be better about this and try to try to be true witnesses.
1: Yeah. So, so bullet points here, we have, uh, the Mafrad t-shirt doing great work over there. Uh, adoration, adoration was extra important during this time. Stay in the state of grace hit adoration, you will feel a lot better. You will be a lot more protected spiritually. Uh, family consecration. I actually did that with my family a long time ago, and uh, it was really awesome. Uh, you can do it with kids. It was wonderful. Uh, sacred Heart enthronement of Your Home. Uh, we, we're almost missing a big one here. Hide the Pride. Hide the Pride. Um, hide the Pride is here. Uh, it's the second annual Hide the Pride. Uh, we got quite a lot of attention last year for doing it. Uh, all because we want to keep uh, pornographic books out of the library, especially the ones that are children's eye level. So uh, we will have the link to the website where you can sign up uh, to do it or just find more information on how to do it. And I have to
2: plug, brand new Uh, resource this year with Hide the Pride. We just compiled lists for all ages of children. So go check out our positive book lists of what can we be filling their imaginations with, also available on the Hide the Pride website. Check the show notes.
1: Positive vision, it's all about that, yeah. So it's important to be protecting your kids because there's been a, it's an unfortunate part of the LGBTQ movement is is a targeting of children and uh, childhood innocence is is of utmost importance. Something that we believe in fully and really need to protect actively. So this is a good way that you could do it. So look more into that. Uh, I'll be doing it at my local library. Looking forward to that. So uh, reading a good book about spiritual warfare. Erica talked about that, or you could listen to our interview. We did an interview with an exorcist. Um, one of the best, best performing interviews we did, it was kind of a a sleeper, uh, go check that one out. It really, uh, helped frame a lot of things for me. And I mean, I've been Catholic my whole life and there's stuff I learned in that one, uh, and then offer the family sacrifice. So that being said, uh, we have to talk about the, uh, super exciting, uh, debt ceiling, uh, America spends and spends and spends and spends, and, uh, the bill is coming due here. And, uh, what do we do, uh, Josh, or actually no, we're gonna start. Erica, if you could just you did a lot of research on this. Where are we at right now with the debt ceiling? And Josh has a hot takes, so we'll hold right. those. So
2: the debt ceiling. Uh, this has been all over the news. Kevin McCarthy and Joe Biden over the last weekend, a couple weeks, uh, finally met. Joe Biden, of course, President Biden has been saying, "I will not negotiate. I will not negotiate. No negotiations." And then they negotiated over the weekend, and people on both sides of the aisle are claiming great victory. So. Joe Biden, hero for the left and you know, Democratic progressives, and Kevin McCarthy is touting it as wow, I got all of these concessions. And and of course, the the whole the crux of the matter is the United States has surpassed its thirty-one point four trillion dollar debt ceiling. Um, now Congress has to raise it or we default on the debt. This happens once or twice every year. It's always a big political drama. So what exactly were the concessions that McCarthy got out of biden well the first concession was that they came to the table at all so in a way you know biden was saying i won't do it i won't do it and then he did it so that kind of like feels good i guess but then also biden is going to have to collect student loan payments so sorry guys who are going to you know get out of your forty thousand dollars of debt you are going to have to pay the Gosh. loans back so that's a good thing uh it's going to suspend the debt limit until 2025 so it's kicking the can down the road a little bit we are capping some spending growth over the next two years, except in the areas of defense and veterans, uh, we're raising the age of food stamp recipients to 55, subject to work requirements. So now you, you have to work until you're 55 in order to continue to get supplemental food benefits. And there's some limits also on that $87 million that was going to go to the Internal Revenue Service, like Secret Forces. Remember those guys doing their training and the, all those videos of IRS agents getting ready to come collect the debt from middle America? Uh, among other small bits. So, those were the, you know, some of the concessions, uh, all pretty much band aid. And of course, the conservative critique from the Freedom Caucus, Chip Roy, um, was that it's not a long term solution. They have a very purist angle, as it were. They're, they're coming at it as okay, we just need to, you know, meet interest payments on our loans, pay down the outstanding debt, limit the spending. Uh, it, but that's not happening. So, that's where we're at with the concessions right now.
1: Erica, yes. Erica, read the the Benedict quote okay. on debt. So, for <laughs> all
2: the purists out there, I am going This was my favorite quote I found when I was doing the explainer on the debt ceiling and Catholic social teaching. So, Benedict XVI wrote, "The willingness of nations to take on massive debt demonstrates a practical atheism that lives at the expense of future generations. This is a moral failure to practice solidarity with our posterity." Benedict stated, "We live on the basis of appearances." And the huge debt, and just to say, like this is the largest debt of any empire ever in the history of the planet. The United States debt. The huge debts are meanwhile treated as something that we are simply entitled to.
1: Look, and I'll say, I'll say it. Trump, Trump spent a lot as okay, well. Okay, yeah. And I actually the, looked this, this up. This is not just a Democrat right. issue. Trump spent a lot as well. Biden spent a lot.
2: This is really uh, interesting. Obama spent a lot. So this every a, time, every time there's a majority in Congress, so that when the Republicans hold Congress. And there's a Republican president when the Democrats hold Congress. The spending goes up. This isn't like we're waiting on, you know, the Republicans to somehow come and save us from ourselves. Or if we'd won the House and the Senate, this wouldn't be the issue. We'd be we'd be paying down our debts. But every time in history, like you said, under Trump, the spending went crazy. Under Bush, the spending went crazy. It goes crazier under the Democrats, like, to be fair.
0: Uh yeah. Oh. Historical
2: uh, fact check from Josh. Go.
0: Well, I mean, I would never want Democrats in power because they're bloodthirsty baby killers, but if, if unified government means more spending almost every time. Right. So Republican unified government and Democratic unified government are the, well, the worst is obviously unified Democratic government, but the second worst is unified Republican government. Uh-huh. The, if if oh, you only cared about government spending and that was your only issue and you didn't care about the fact that babies are being killed, which is obviously, hello, you're crazy then. The best situation from just a practical government spending standpoint would be a Republican Congress and a Democratic president. That's usually your best terms, because uh, uh, cause just the, na- the nature of the beast where you have conflict. And, so, right. th- and again, this is what I thought J- Senator Vance, J.D. Vance had a good point about this debt deal. I, he said two possible messages on the debt ceiling deal. Number one, it's the best we could do in an era of divided government. Or two, it's a historic deal for the country. He says, the first might be true. The second is obviously false. Right. Our base would be a lot less angry if our leaders were honest. And so I applauded for the honesty. It's like this, we, had, we the Republicans were supposed to win humongous in the midterms. And they not only did not retake the Senate, they barely took the house like by a sliver. So they have like a three or four seat majority. I mean, it's like the tiniest ever. And so, and that's why it took 15 rounds for the speaker to even get elected. And, and so that you're able to hold the president and the Democratic Senate to some terms, I guess, go for it. Good. I'm glad you got it done. But here's the funny thing. People who are concerned about spending. If you really think about it, you don't need a constitutional amendment for a balanced budget, right? That's going to take two-thirds of the House and the Senate and three-quarters of the states. It'll probably never happen. If you really want to control spending, all you need is one person to be elected president with the vision and the courage to say no, because the debt ceiling is an automatic cost-cutting tool if you'll use it. So imagine if the next president of the United States, whoever he, he or she may be, just says, I'm not raising the debt ceiling. I will veto anything, basically would force the Congress to override his veto and you would keep spending at a certain level because you couldn't borrow anymore. And so like it would just be this this mechanism for like, okay, let's cut. Let's cut. Let's sell but, off. But all don't this you think
1: stuff. don't you think that they would just get vetoed
0: though? They could override his veto for sure, but at least it would, you know, right. it would require, you know, two thirds of this the House and the Senate to work together, and so then it would embolden the people mm-hmm. in the Congress who want to cut spending. So you would transform the whole landscape. It would be amazing. It would. I don't know if any p- president would have the courage to do that, but it would be a great way to. Well, could I, be Nikki Haley. <laughs> Let's hope not. And when we're talking about a generic person, <laughs> I use the male. See, I always love this. It's like the feminists are like. Well, you should Got say him. she for a, a, you know a gender specific <laughs> pronoun, and then uh, they just sort of dropped this because we're all into the the, the gender neutral pronouns now, right? The Z and all that mm, stuff. Yeah. The, the fact yeah. is say if them. you if if you refer to somebody could in a gener- yeah generic he, that means <laughs> it could be a for, describing a man or it could be describing a woman. We have to share our pronoun, <laughs> but if I say her, <laughs> then we always know it's only about a woman. So. Look, it's a foregone conclusion. It'll probably be Nikki
1: Haley, but we, we can move on past that. <laughs> no. um, did you see the Desantis? Any, anything from the DeSantis speech in Iowa?
0: Well, I mean, he has a good sense of humor. I mean, he said, you know, last time I was in Iowa, I wasn't even planning on spending any time in the Des Moines area, but the weather was so good, I couldn't help it. <laughs> so that was obviously a was dig cute. on the fact that another person who's campaigning for president Got scared off by the tornadoes and didn't land there. Tornadoes, yeah. yeah but like, you know, if you really, you know, that's kind of cute, but if DeSantis wants to to, to go at go the king, which is Trump, he's going to have to punch a little harder than that, I think. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. It's going to be an interesting campaign.
1: Yeah. But it, then the other thing, uh, Trump just attacked McEnany, which was his press mm-hmm. secretary, ex-press secretary, which was had a kind of a surprisingly big reaction from people because she was one of his biggest supporters, defended him in in the toughest of times. I mean, she's razor sharp. Took and a lot of bullshit. Right? Yeah. He called her milk milk toast, but not not the proper way. He said milk is in like milk carton and then toast is in another breakfast <laughs> item. And uh a lot of people pointed that out. But I think it was a larger thing of like, wow, like he's just willing to attack anyone. And it's like he's I guess people are surprised with that. Should they no, be surprised? He's, I mean, he's, he's he always been, been willing, willing to attack, attack
2: anyone if he perceives disloyalty. He's just after them, and he doesn't care how to spell milk toast. I'm like, come on, people! Like Donald Trump, just
1: <laughs> it wasn't all caps. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> all caps. So... He did
2: it, and he calls him Rob to sanctimonious. He doesn't really care about his grammar. He's not like, oh, thanks for correcting that. Guess I'll have a proofreader read my text next time. Uh, he's shooting from the hip. He always does.
1: He's shooting from the hip, but the big question is: is how does Because Trump, like you said, is king Mm -hmm. right now. And DeSantis, how he's kind of chosen to go about his launch and everything like that. uh, Do you think that it's been effective so far? That it's really gotten under Trump's skin to the point where he's actually really nervous? Or does he still kind of see him, I guess, as a.
0: I mean, you know, it's still very early in the campaign, but the fact is, you know, DeSantis, he starts his campaign and now he's actually going to Iowa to campaign, which is good. Whereas Trump. I mean, he's not really even campaigning. He announced like five, six months ago, and he's still just about every day is golfing. And it's like, I mean, what, what, you're not even campaigning. So I feel like he's, well, I, I, I deserve this rather than actually earning it. So, um, you know, we'll see how the voters in Iowa and New Hampshire think about that. I mean, I think he's going to have to go out and press the flesh again and make the case for why, you know, he should be the person, that, you know, to be the standard bearer for the next four years, as opposed to just saying, well, you know, I want it, therefore I can do it. And if he's just, if Trump is just going to relitigate the 2020 election and say, you know, this isn't fair, I was stolen, then I think voters are like, okay, but what are you going to do for me now? Like, this is, you know, there's a lot of things going on and there's a lot of problems our country has. We need solutions on this stuff. And yeah, I mean, to the extent that Trump can be entertaining, fine, but like at the end of the day, like what, where's, where's your focus? You know, is it only on the election stuff or, but if he can, you know, look, if anyone can turn it around, Trump can turn it around. So we'll see if he can, uh, if he can make it work. Still very early. We'll see what happens. You know what
1: i what I would really like to see, and uh, I think in an interview with Glenn Beck, this was talked about, is actually doing debates that would be sponsored by the RNC, but on alternative platforms. So he said, even what if we just do it on the Blaze? And we have a moderator that is going to actually ask questions that matter to Republicans. Yeah, because why if we not? just if do we the just blaze, acknowledge,
0: do the blaze, do Joe Rogan, obviously the loop. Yeah, that would, be amazing. that would be awesome. <laughs> oh,
1: good idea, <laughs> yes. Josh. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd be happy to moderate a debate between all Josh the is going to get candidates. snatched up by the Desantis
2: um, campaign. They're going to be like, "That was a good idea. <laughs> we need this guy on our boat."
1: Yeah, come on the Loopcast. cast. Hmm. Um, come on, yeah, I, I just think like uh, it, it is just more of a. It, if we just acknowledge that all of these major media platforms are left-leaning and they're going to be speaking questions that are more in the interest of people that are left-leaning, you're just not going to be able to get as good of a debate from Republicans because they're not asking questions that matter to Republicans or Republican voters. A lot of times they're just kind of asking questions to throw mm-hmm. people off of maybe the vision to that get they the want to put bite, forward. Right. So, yeah, it would be really cool to see like Tucker. I think Tucker would do a really good job. He'd um, be the best. Yeah, Tucker on Twitter yeah, platform. I mean,
2: but not crashing. And the just, platform.
1: just watch people go at it. I'd also be curious. I mean, Trump, Trump, the Trump Biden debates of the one. Well, Tom, hold
0: on. were bad. Hold on a what? second. Trump doesn't even want to debate.
1: Right.
0: He said he's he said not he's
1: going to. He's not going to debate anyone. He's any no debates? interest
0: in debating in uh, in the Republican field. Yeah, he's going to come up with whatever excuse he has. We'll see if the again. The point I make is, who's in charge? Is it the RNC? No. Are the candidates in charge? No, we, the voters, are in charge. And so if the candidates say, we don't want to debate, it's like, okay, well, that'll make it, that'll help inform our decision on who to support. And so, uh, you know, ultimately in this country, the power rests in we, the people. And if we say to these candidates, listen, if you don't get up there and duke it out and show me that you got enough toughness to last it out, then how am I going to su- support you in the general when you got to go against the 800-pound gorilla of the mainstream media, you know, the, the Death Star? So, um, I, you know, Trump's saying he's not going to debate. We'll see how long that lasts. But, I mean, to me, it's like, get out there. This is what, this is, you're asking to be the privilege, to be the standard bearer, then roll up your sleeves, get to work, show that you got the, the strength and metal exactly. to do this. Exactly. I
1: don't think I have anything better to add to that.
0: So we Sold.
1: run into the twilight, twilight zone now. And I'm first on the list. So Anthony Bass. Uh, at the yes. same time, where yeah. a lot of players were making very courageous statements against uh, the majority, essentially the people in power on the sisters of professional indulgence, we had at the same time an apology offered. And no, it wasn't from the Dodgers about honoring an anti-Catholic group. It was from a player, Anthony Bass. He plays for the Blue Jays. And he, I mean, I'm gonna play it. I'll, I'll play it. Here it is. I recognized yesterday, uh, I made a post that was hurtful to the pride community, which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine. And I am truly sorry for that. Um, I just spoke with my teammates, took them, shared with them my actions yesterday. I apologize with them. And as of right now, I'm using the Blue Jays resources to better educate myself to make better decisions moving forward, uh, the ballpark is for everybody. Um, we include all fans at the ballpark, and we, and we want to welcome everybody. That's all I have to say. Thank you. With context: What he shared was a Instagram video about some reasons why you should boycott Target, and the reasons that were brought up was well, one, they worked with a Satanist; uh, two, they were selling swimsuits that were encouraging like young kids to appear as a different gender. And he, all he did was share that he didn't, he didn't uh, make a, anything and post himself. He didn't do a video of himself. And this is something that everyone of the Loopcast has been a part of. I'm no longer going to shop at Target. I've shared and highlighted many pieces of media that were good examples as to why you shouldn't do this. And uh, what happened was the Blue Jays manager. Here's a quote from the Blue Jays manager: "We're not going to pretend like this never happened." We're not going to pretend like it's the end and move on. There are definitely more steps we, that are going to follow. On All he did was share this. And I was just looking at this, and I'm like, nothing that you could possibly say or apologize is going to make these people happy. They knew what they were going to do to you as soon as you, as soon as you shared it, and they were going to make an example out of you. And so at least keep your dignity, right? I mean, that was the most groveling. It was just hard to even watch. I was like, man, you, like, you are a man without a chest. No, you should, don't apologize to these people. They don't love you. They're not going to They're like not going to accept, accept your apology.
2: they hate you. If, if, right.
0: on, if only he had the courage of an orthodox hockey player <laughs> or Trevor Williams, mm-hmm. some of these other guys, you know, the actual, like to me as a man, to see that guy making that statement, I, I, I ew, I'm <laughs> like, it's hard to think of any hyperbole. Like I would rather die. Right. <laughs> I would rather die than to have to be done that. I mean, like, and you're not even, you're not even in captivity. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you can imagine a situation where you're a prisoner of war, and they used to do this to our GIs, like in Vietnam and Korea, where they'd have to read a statement, you know? And, and I, I, of course, I, I recall that one guy who had to read the statement, he's he's reading the statement, oh, I'm being treated so wonderfully. Yeah, the The Vietnamese people are so wonderful to me. And the whole time he's doing this, reading the statement, He's blinking like crazy. And everyone, like, <laughs> so this one guy in the in Navy intelligence is like, Did you see this video? This guy, he's like, he's, he keeps it looks like he's blinking. So he figured out what the heck is going on. He's tweet. He, he's blinking the words torture. Mm-hmm. And everyone in realized, Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. in Morse code, why he's blinking. And so they realized this guy was, was letting people know that he was being tortured and it would change the game. We realized that the the Viet- North Vietnamese were, were mistreating our guy. That guy, Jeremiah Denton, was a hero. He eventually got elected to the United States Senate, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, a great American. Great D- did, great you see, book.
1: did you see Anthony Bass? Was he blanking? I wasn't Yeah. No. No. Uh, go no? ahead. Let's, okay. let's
0: roll the tape. I don't think so. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. But I, Christians, like, that's a normal Christian opinion that I'd say most of the country mm-hmm. feels right now. And all he was was upset that... that Target is supporting Satanism uh, and insane talking. gender ideology right. and Satanism, and if you do that, you you will be forced to apologize, or and not only that, there's more steps you have to be educated and learn and not want to. So this is people. a baseball like, player that's
0: making a million dollars a year, right? Mm-hmm. And if the, he gets fired, it's like noticeable, like you can't just pretend, like because if it was somebody inside the organization, let's say some graphics designer mm-hmm. person or assistant manager, whatever,
2: right? You're like, oh. And they could
0: just get rid of him and you'd never see him and no one would ever hear about it. But like, if the, if the, like, wait a minute, why did that baseball player for the Jays? Why did he get released or cut from the team or traded? Oh, because he said something on social media. Oh my gosh. Did he say something neo Nazi? Like, no, 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 He just, he approved of the boycott against Bud Light. What? Right. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and I, this is where I think actually there's an opportunity for a presidential candidate to say, we need protections against complete viewpoint discrimination. You shouldn't lose your job if you tweet in favor of a boycott against Bud Light. You know what I'm saying? And there shouldn't be banks shouldn't be able to unbank you if you don't have the right political views. Like so that doesn't exist
1: right now for
0: not really. I, don't I mean, not know. In, in the, Canada the only, only anti discrimination stuff that we have right now is if you mistreat people on the basis of skin color or sex or orientation, that kind of stuff. That's what we have it for, which, okay, so we have it for that. But, like, wait a minute now. You can just fire somebody because they tweet, you know. No, they didn't actually fire the the, the Blue Jay guy because he read the— you he, know, read he, he read his statement. Right. He had his education. His surrender.
1: Which there's more to come, and they might fire him anyway. Right. That's what they—
0: Erica, you always— bring <laughs> up. Well, no, it's harder for them because, actually, the here's the thing. The players have rights. They have a collective bargaining agreement. Mm-hmm. And so this is what might happen with the Dodgers: is enough if enough of these players say, "Hey, wait a minute! Now we're asked to participate in something by by playing baseball because everyone on the Dodgers team, and it, and whoever plays the Dodgers that night are going to have to be there for this night where they honor the SPI, right? And so they're going to say, "Hold on a second! I it's one thing if you say it's Pride Night and we're doing the thing, but like now you're saying I have to be a part of something that's intentionally blaspheming my faith, right? And so we might actually get this is where the the players union might have to step up and we'll see. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And I think like the Anthony Bass thing here with the, again, just so groveling and so emasculating for someone to get up and read this. But my, my heart just broke because you see these statements from, you see that the floodgates are opening, right? That more and more Christian players are actually starting to make a stand and say, I won't, I won't take this anymore. And you're like, Anthony, you wouldn't have been alone. Like you missed your moment here guy like you really could have said no this is why i retweeted that this is why i shared that on instagram and instead you chose to just like put your head down i just want to play baseball i just want to keep going and it, it, but my, my message to anthony bass is it's not too late right there's still you haven't like defined your future you can still come back and recant that apology and say i was under pressure but i'm actually standing up for my principles i mean even joan of arc right even joan of arc under pressure, she signed a thing saying, I never saw the Blessed Mother, I never saw Saint Catherine and then later on she recanted and now she's a great saint and martyr. So it's not too late, Anthony. If you're listening to Loopcast, which I'm sure you do faithfully every week,
0: <laughs> nah. my message to you
2: <laughs> is <laughs> come back.
0: I like the confidence. Right. Well, well, you know, confidence.
2: make it yeah. fake it till you yeah. make it, right? Bridge
1: <laughs> Bridge not burned. Bridge not burned, but you know, you gotta step up here, man. That's it's just hard to watch. Um all right, Erica. All
2: right, so this is actually really great news too. Uh, NPR broke a story last week's uh, saying Planned Parenthood is planning to lay off ten to twenty percent of its national workforce. And of course, NPR's and NPR, ten to twenty percent. This is a huge million billion that's, dollar company going on here. They're planning that's to a lay lot off of folks. a lot of people. And of course, NPR paints this as a great tragedy. And whose fault is it? The MAGA Supreme Court justices who overturned Roe v. Wade, and then I thought, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, what? How much? How much? I thought abortion was a small part of what Planned Parenthood does. Three percent. Three percent. Their self-report, <laughs> like all their marketing, is, oh, abortion's only three percent of what we do. We do mammograms. We do like community work and blah blah blah. No, but they have to lay off ten to twenty percent of their workforce because mm. of jobs. So
0: somebody's lying there's something that doesn't
2: really jive here. Uh, so anyway, my again, I want to I want to end on a positive note. If you know anyone listeners, if you know anyone who is losing their job at Planned Parenthood because they can't be in the abortion industry anymore to the extent that they want to be. There is a wonderful resource from Abby Johnson, former Planned Parenthood worker, uh, author of Unplanned. There's a movie about her. You might have seen it. Uh, called and then there were none is her organization and it actually exists to help people who want to leave the abortion industry or in this case are maybe being forced to leave the abortion industry and it is to support them to help them get new work it's called it's at abortionworker.com. so check out abby johnson because it turns out dobbs hit planned parenthood a lot harder than they had even predicted so good news there
1: erica i that's really good news. But I think what's concerning about Planned Parenthood is they've really ramped up their element for uh, gender, uh, yeah. sex change, uh, drugs. They're a huge pro- uh, provider for testosterone for people that want to Not just change their gender. And they give it with basically no- Minors or children.
2: Minors, who want right. to do it Kids. without telling their parents. Kids with
1: like right, no, no telling their parents. After one or two visits, they're giving it to them. So that's kind of a concerning rise too. And I think that's why it continues- legislation is important and a lot of these boycotts and eric i were talking about this like it's exciting to see real change but the, the thing that needs to come with all of the excitement on boycotts and the wins there needs to be power actually changed here there needs to be actual uh, wins in terms of new legislation in terms of new representatives if there's not a change in power then it's just like a flash in the pan and then we go right back
0: to yeah, we can't let these wolves just go after all of our children like this, so it's good that right. we're getting it needs these laws passed.
1: Substantial law legal challenges. That's why it, it, and it goes back to like Christians just stay in your little religious bubble and don't do anything. There's nothing Christian about allowing minors Yeah, you have no to obligation transition.
0: to care for your brothers. You're not your brother's keeper. You don't you, faith is only inside. You, you know, and what you do on Sunday, you shouldn't actually care about other people getting mutilated or hurt or killed. <laughs>
2: No, no. Faith without works is dead. And faith if the faithful who are not doing public works are literally there are children who are dead because of, because of our, what do we say? We say, forgive me, the sins of commission and sins of omission. So when Catholics are not active in the public square, like you said, Tom, making real change and pushing for real change, it, that's the sin of omission. And it cries out to heaven, too. So 100 percent. Get out there. Vote.
0: Amen to that. Vote. Josh. What well, my uh, my twilight zone is uh, about liberal Catholics. Um, they <laughs> are really. I up- knew this was coming. They are really upset. Let me tell you what they're not. Well, they're not. They're not upset at the Sisters of Professional Indulgence. Oh, no, no. No, 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 no! 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 And they're not even mad at the Dodgers for honoring them. Oh no! No. You see, liberal Catholics are mad at you and me because we're the ones sounding the alarms over this blasphemy. There's this guy, most of the audience probably hasn't heard of him. His name is D.W. Lafferty. He's this liberal Catholic agitator online. You know, He's just so crazy. He, goes, he said this, he tweeted this out. The only reason any of us are talking about this or know about this is because it's being intentionally magnified 1,000% to get people angry. It's been going on for quite a while now and it's not good to feed this ugly anger machine. Okay, so first of all, I mean, maybe I'm a little ugly, and I know I'm angry, (laughs) but I'm still not a machine, so hold the phone here. But anyway, see, here's the thing. In Lafferty's mind, the problem here is that you and I are getting angry at the Sisters of Professional for who are mocking our Lord, our Lady, and all the women religious. The problem isn't that they're blaspheming against the Lord. It's that we're mad about this. You're like, wait, now what's going on here? Here's the thing, in politics, they say a gaffe isn't when you make a mistake and say something wrong. In politics, a gaffe is when you unintentionally, accidentally tell the truth. That's the real gaffe, and that's what happened with Lafferty. He says, seriously, he's, he's, he's admonishing his fellow liberal Catholic followers on social media. He goes, don't, he's the quote, seriously, don't take the bait. It's just another serving of outrage on your social media plate to get you to fume about HTML, eight LGBT people and vote a certain way. Now, did you catch that? The concern isn't about drag queen nuns. The concern isn't about mocking our Lord and all the women religious who are serving their giving their entire life of services. That's not the problem. The problem is that someone might get angry and not vote for Democrats because in the liberal Catholic mind, it, the, the, the only unforgivable sin isn't against the Holy Spirit. It's against the Democratic Party. So Don't you ever go against the Democratic Party. And that's why you have these people, like we mentioned earlier, from America Magazine. He's so conflicted. He's, he's so, it's, I have complicated feelings about this. You only have complicated feelings because you're trying to serve two masters. It's not complicated, buddy. Mm-hmm. Blasphemy is bad. bad. It's pretty simple.
1: And, we, and for those that don't know, there's a connection, actually, between the Sisters of perpetual Indulgence and the Biden administration.
0: Oh, oh my
2: gosh. Right. This is great. This is twilight. <laughs> Let's cap it off, Tom. Sam
0: Britton, right? The guy who was working in the Department of Transportation, and he's going through Luggage luggages, these. and he's pulling out clothes that he likes, right? I mean, the guy was... And so they finally had to let him go. I mean, he was just... Oh, what a he's goof! Stealing right.
1: luggage. He's stealing, stealing, stealing people's luggage. people's luggage from the airport, taking it, and then he'd wear their yeah. clothes. Right, female and clothes, women's clothes. Right, female clothes because he's an interesting cat. But anyway, comes to find out, someone someone looked at a picture of the sisters of Pre- Perpetual indulgence all styled up. Like, oh, that guy looks <laughs> kind of familiar. Bottom right corner. Turns out, boom. Turns out, Sam Britton Sam led the chapter of the DC version of the sisters of professional indulgence. So, close ties. actually. By supporting the sisters and by seeing what they're doing is good, having complicated feelings, it is connected to the Biden administration. It is connected to the Democrats. The Biden administration
0: looked over this guy's resume and didn't see this as a red flag, but thought, hey, this uh, is the kind of guy we want to hire. We hate Catholics. Yeah, I mean... Well, that also, by the way, I know that Joe Biden has been so egregious in his support of abortion so egregious in his support of sex changes for minors, you know, gender mutilation. And he was the first, you know, he, had, he participated in a same-sex so-called wedding at the White House when he was vice president. So he's, his, his record is egregious. But I am still not going to give him a pass on this. He always talks about how much he loves nuns and the sisters, mm. and all that Catholic stuff. Catholic school. In his he background, growing up in Catholic schools, he kept talking about it. So many comedians would talk about how the nuns would slap him on the wrist, you know, all that kind of stuff. Joe Biden would talk affectionately about nuns. Mm-hmm. And yet, he has not said a Dead word silence. against this. So uh, you, Catholics need to understand that we cannot be played by this, by, by politicians who who... Who who say, hey, I got a rosary. I, I got ashes on my forehead. Ash Wednesday. I love nuns, and 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 allow them to distract you from the absolute baloney. And it's not like they weren't asked. EWTN reporter Owen Jensen. I love this guy. Gets up there at the White House press conference, and he's asking the the spokesman, "Hey, w- what's going on with this? The president cl- Catholic. He likes to be, you know, talk about his Catholic faith, and yet the Dodgers are supporting this this group that's offending." It's like, "Ah, no. Nah, nah, we don't nah, talk nah, about nah, baseball." It. Oh. But yeah. you have Ted
2: Lasso no up there. But you have Brittany Griner, the base, <laughs> the basketball star. Like, but
0: uh, yeah, no. I mean, we can point out and every championship team, every championship go- team goes to the White House too. So don't the Dodgers have been? Oh, there. the presidents of both baseball, yeah. And, and like, look, we can culture. point out the hypocrisy. Give me a break. We
2: can keep pointing out the hypocrisy. They don't yeah. care. They don't care that we're pointing out the hypocrisy. No, no, no. The bottom line is, don't be fooled.
1: This is evil. Yeah. Pushback, Erica. That is such a great you. You. They brought a fictional soccer team to the White House and like, yeah, we got nothing to say on the anti Catholic group of the Dodgers. Give me a oh, break! It's so good. Yeah, I think um, this is really like this is a education. People need to know this. Like, this is why the Loopcast exists. Why the Loop exists. And and for people that, I hope you guys are having conversations with people about this because this has actually been a really good conversation starter for a lot of people. It's just a good opening to be like, hey, it's important that you know the truth and you see news and culture from a Catholic perspective. So
0: share the loop. And it's like you you said, Tom, if you don't draw the line here, then where are you ever going to draw it? You'll never draw it. Right.
1: No, completely agree. So uh, that does it for this episode, but ways that you can help. Like I said, this is an education thing. A lot of people are really ignorant on what's going on, and they may have seen this for the first time. This is a great opportunity for you to, one, share the loop. Um, it's, it's just, I think it's still the best resource out there for really getting a quick news summary of what's going on uh, from a Catholic perspective, a little bit of an uplift, some beautiful images. The Loopcast ends up in there, of course. Um, so share that. Uh, rate us. Uh, Apple Podcasts especially helps us out, but Spotify, you can rate us as well. Give us five stars. It really helps us out. Email me, loopcast at uh, I need to check the inbox. It's been a little while for me, but I promise I will answer you. I've really been enjoying talking to people. Sorry, I'm slacking on that. I've been, I've been busy. Um, and then also uh, a happy Memorial Day, a little bit late to everyone. Shout out to the troops of people that gave the ultimate sacrifice so that we can be here doing this podcast, uh, living in this great country. Um, we owe a tremendous debt to those people and uh, pray for the repose of their souls, of course. So that does it for this episode. We will see you next Thursday. Bye, guys.